luminous souls. Thank you so much for tuning in. Your presence is both welcome and needed in this sacred space. This is Faith Inspired Action, the podcast. I am Tara Todd, multi-passionate healer, faith fanatic, plant medicine enthusiast, and co-creating queen. Nope, never been called modest. (laughs) But I am your host and I am so excited to venture on this journey with you. I help people remember who they are and harness their power to curate the life they desire. So we'll have conversations around mindset, metaphysics, faith, personal development, and expansion. I believe in one consciousness and the interrelation of all living things. So let's water each other's tree, nourish one another's soil, and empower humanity to align, transform, and transcend into their divinity. I am all about the healing, wholeness, and as a collective, living our most sovereign and authentic lives. I am extending my branch to you, so let's jump right in. Hello, hello, my luminous souls. Welcome back for another episode of Faith Inspired Action, the podcast. Today we have a very special guest, someone I've known for quite some time. Miss Clover Ford is our guest today. Hello, Clover. Hi. (laughs) Hi, I'm loving that hat. Thank you, my love. Thank you. So, There's a lot that we're going to be able to talk about today, and I'm really, really excited for you guys to hear about Clover's trajectory and her, her, just her evolution, which has been so beautiful. Um, Clover is an author of a book, and then she got all fancy on us and came out with a show, a scripted show, and she is a writer, producer, director, and actor. Um, so yes, welcome Clover. Welcome. Welcome. We want to hear all the good stuff from you today. So excited. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So happy to be here. Thank you. And thanks for giving us your time. So I'm not going to belabor the moment. We're going to jump right into it. And I really want to talk about the moment that your creative side kind of, you know, caught you by the, caught you by the throat and said, all right, girl, we're doing this. Like, what was right. what was going on in your world and and what was that whole kind of transition like for you? Listen, so I gave you just a little snippet before. So um it was crazy. It was a crazy journey, but we're here. However, I'm just gonna walk you guys through like a little little synopsis of um how I got here. So uh, my husband and I um, we went to the beach. I wanna say it yeah, February of 2019. Um I would never ever forget the year. Um, I was going through, well, when we left the beach, I felt like I left my soul at the beach. And that's the best way that I can describe it because I don't know what was going on, but I just could not find myself after we left the beach. And the more the months and the year went on, I felt like I was in a sunken place, like literally a sunken, a sunken place. Yeah. So I remember going to the doctor and I always lie to the doctor when they ask, you know, are you depressed? Because sometimes you can be depressed, right? Mm-hmm. And you're just going through maybe a couple of days of depression or maybe something happened and it kind of like sets you back. It's yes. life. Yes. So <laughs> I always lie and say no, because I don't want that on my paperwork. <laughs> I don't want that out in my history. The so, stigma. Yes. I didn't want that there. But this time I said yes, because I couldn't shake it. I didn't know what was going on. I was 
afraid because I didn't want to be here anymore. Mm. I was fighting, literally fighting for my life. And um, she gave me some meds and it helped a little bit as far as like sleep goes because I was losing sleep. I wasn't sleeping. Um, so it helped a little. Um, and during this time, my kids were in college and we were empty nesters. So you said it before, um, there is a such thing <laughs> having <laughs> empty nesters, what anxiety or like depression. Syndrome, I, I think it's a it's syndrome. Something. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, and me and my daughter and my kids, like we're really close. So, mm -hmm. um, even though we talked every day, it just wasn't the same. Right. So this was the summer of 2019. My daughter came home. We went to go pick my son up from um, from college. And on our way home, she introduced me to Ari Lennox. And I liked the music. I liked her sound, but it had to grow on me. Right. So that was maybe like June or July. I would say August is somehow whipped cream by Ari Lennox was reintroduced to me. And I fell in love and something about the music, something about the melodies was familiar to my ear. It was, it had like an old school vibe, like an 80s mm -hmm. vibe, early 90s vibe. And I slowly felt myself coming out of depression. And I just kept praying and praying and praying to God and asking him, you know, to kind of like lead and guide me. Um, I'm fighting, literally fighting for my life. And he gave it to me. He gave me my chocolate. He gave me, um, you know, the context behind my chocolate is, you know, going to be about colorism. I want you to reach out. Like this is going to be um, not a campaign, but it's going to be a what do you call it? Um, can't think of the name of it right now. But basically, everybody's going to know about this. Mm. Um, excuse me. So I was like, okay, cool. So I want you to give it to me, God. So he gave it to me. He was like, you're going to, you know, make a social media platform surrounding colorism and you're going to start with the Instagram you're going to keep it off Facebook because nobody's there but family and friends and I want strangers to know about you I don't I don't want it to start there right wow. so I started it on Instagram and that platform grew quickly to like 30 something thousand followers mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I was afraid because I'm a private person I'm like oh my god <laughs> 30,000 people follow my page. I don't, I don't know what to do with this. But anyway, so I kept going and um, day in and day out, he was just giving me stuff, like the content to put around it. Um, wow. I was reaching out to celebrities. I was interviewing celebrities um, based on uh, colorism. Um, he gave me the book. I wrote the book in like 15 minutes. I Well, I didn't write the book. The spirit led me. Right. Like, so I want to interrupt you there. Go ahead. Because I want to kind of give people a little bit more <clears throat> background. So first of all, um, Tiffany is a singer. That's I've always known her to sing. She has a, an insanely yeah. beautiful voice. So she's always been creative. But her and I met in our mortgage jobs. And so that was what took up the bulk of our life way back then. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I wanted to make sure that you guys understand what she's talking about. My chocolate was her first non-baby baby. That was her the book that she birthed. And the book is based on the experience of a young girl who is dark-skinned and what she experiences with colorism. 
And it's interesting too, that we're even talking about this now because it's become such a, so much of a bigger topic, so much of a bigger conversation Mm -hmm. since you wrote the book. And I, I'd like to know a little bit about your, your personal experiences, because I know that that was something that was in your heart and soul. Um, and yeah, I, and I love that you and God co-created that and that you, you channeled that book. That's you channeled Mm -hmm. that book. You know, that's, that's nothing but God working through you in it. So I want to hear just about like your personal experiences and what you put into the book that was, you know, what little Tiffany went through. Yeah. Yeah. So for those that don't know, my legal name is Tiffany. My pseudonym is Clover. (laughs) It's okay. So my pseudonym, my author name is Clover Ford and that's okay. And I gave um, Tara a little snippet of why I chose to go by that. And that is, it's okay. I'm mortified. (laughs) It's not a secret. It is not a secret. And I tell people that, but I chose to go by a pseudonym um, for privacy reasons. Um, but my legal name is Tiffany and that's okay that, you know, people know that that is okay. But, um, for the background of colorism, I think that even you and I had a conversation about this in our mortgage days, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Like, um, it still stayed with me that long. And I think say I was in my early thirties when we worked together or make, no, I was in my late twenties. Um, so in my high school years, um, and it started at a, a young age, but it just wasn't as bad as it was um, until we moved to the inner city. Um, and it's crazy to say that because we're in the South and it's not really inner city, but it is mm-hmm. inner city to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, when we moved to the inner city, um, it was a predominantly black school. Interesting. And that's when I started having issues. Um, so before we moved to the inner city, we lived in like the country, um, of the country (laughs) and it was a predominantly white school. I was going to say, yeah, it was a predominantly white school. And I really, I had few issues, but not that many issues. Mm -hmm. Most of my family went to, you know, the school that I started at, so I didn't have that many issues. But once I went to the inner city school, um, before we actually started going to the inner city school, we actually went to a church in the inner city. And those kids were totally different breed from the kids that I was used to. And I, you know, was getting teased about my dark skin, but it was okay. <laughs> it was okay that I was getting teased about it because I, at a young age, was still confident in my dark mm-hmm. skin because that's, you know, the complexion of my dad's people and we're confident people. So that that was just, you know, in me. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it was coming from our people, that's what bothered me. Shocking, right? It's like, it's like, I explain it to people like, it's almost like culture shock. Yes. Even though it's your own culture, it doesn't matter. It's still like, what? Like, yes, it's it's just, it hits so different. It does. It does. And so um, I remember, so I was in the fourth grade when I was in the inner city. And I remember this girl come, she was in my class and she came up to me and she was like, my cousin says you're ugly. And I'm like, that's brave of her to come up to me and tell me that. (laughs) It wasn't about, she was like, she says you're black and you're ugly. And I was like, okay, cool. Show me your cousin. Like her cousin was in the fifth grade. We're in the fourth grade. So she shows me her cousin and I'm looking at her cousin like, that's your cousin? 
talk to me? Has she looked in the mirror? Like, has she looked in the mirror? <laughs> Lord. <laughs> so for me, I, I honestly don't allow people to project their insecurities onto me. So that's basically what it is uh, when it pertains to colorism. They're projecting their insecurities about, you know, your dark skin onto you. And yeah. that's not okay with me. But what, like I said, what bothers me is that it's coming from my people. So fast forward to high school, um, my, my car was vandalized, which is where the short film came from, um, called Vandalized. Um, and it was vandalized by our people. Uh, wow. I made cheerleading my junior year of high school. And once I made cheerleading, all hell kind of like broke loose. Mm. And me and one of my best friends, we both were dark skinned and we were teased. And don't get me wrong, because, I, you know, I have a mouth on me, too. I will give it back to you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we, we gave it back. But still, like it was half of the school that was against us. Mm-hmm. Um, we were teased. We were bullied. Um, I remember sometimes we'd want to go outside and play and boys would basically bully us and we'd just go back, back in the house and That's call it a terrible. day. Um, my car was, again, vandalized, which is what the short film, short film comes from. Um, Blackie was, like, spray-painted on my car. That oh was a big gosh. issue. Um, we couldn't do anything about it, but I saw it coming. I knew that it was going to happen that night. Um, so if you watch the short film, it kind of shows, like, how it led up to that moment um yeah so that stayed with me forever (laughs) and I would say once I started writing my chocolate it was therapy I released it um I let it go and the more and more I thought about it I was like you know there are some dark-skinned girls that go through colorism that don't think they're beautiful they don't think um they don't think that you know they're worth anything yeah Um, People don't realize the, the, how deep those wounds go. And, and, and even for me, especially since I've been doing my healing work is recognizing things that stayed with me that I thought I didn't care about, but why am I remembering them in graphic detail? And it's been 40 years. You know what I mean? Like for that to stay with you and for you to be able to recall it and even feel emotion from it lets Mm -hmm. you know that is a wound. That is, you know what I mean? And people don't understand how susceptible we are when we're young. We're so fragile, you know, and so much sticks that shouldn't. Right. Right. So I, and just thinking of colorism, I, there's a few girls that stick out to me in high school that, that, you know, walk with their head down and they were kind of quiet. And I felt like maybe they did that so that they didn't get teased and bullied. But I felt like my star was too bright. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't mm-hmm. just walk around and be quiet. That's just not Wasn't who you were. You're not built yeah, like that. I'm not built like that. So, um, you know, even the book, My Chocolate was written for them too, you know, I want you to love the skin that you're in. I want you to um, embrace the skin that you're in. I don't care what the outside community is saying about your dark skin. I don't care if they're saying that your skin is not beautiful or, you know, it needs to be bleached (laughs) because that's a thing in our community. Um, So, you know, just love the skin that you're in. And I remember when I was trying to build the platform, um, I thought about not doing it. And my daughter was like, no, you need to go on and do it. Colorism still exists. So, she don't know, but she saved my life. 
I love she that. She definitely saved my life. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of synchronicities and I'm not going to get into my story because this is your moment, but I went through a similar situation the year before 2018 was my dark night of the soul. And yes, very deep depression, like nothing I've ever experienced. Um, So it's interesting that, you know, we were like right behind each other on this new, you know, this new um, this new trajectory for us. So, yeah. um, so interesting. And you know what I say about that? I say that God set me down because, you know, in 2020 is when the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I was kind of set down a year ahead of that. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was the same thing for you because I did not, I didn't go out for a while because um, mm-hmm. I was depressed and I stayed in the house. So I kind of got used to being in the house before the actual pandemic happened. So it was pre-pandemic for me. For yeah. Same thing for you. Yeah. yeah. So one thing too that I um, think about you, you were saying you have a mouth, but you're you're an introvert to your soul. You're not aggressive oh, or openly. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if maybe you think part of your personality is introverted because of some of the stuff that you went through. Like, were you ever afraid to kind of really step out and be your full self because of the insults and the 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 nonsense that you had been through or did you always just have like this ironclad mindset of like you can't you can't break me always <laughs> that I've and that's always amazing had this mindset um of you can't break me so that has always always been um, a part of me. And I would say when I was younger, probably like around, well, my mom said I always made everybody laugh, but I had a mouth on me. Um, mouth. <laughs> and um, my cousins, my older cousins, like all of us, my first cousins, we we're all on my mom and dad's side. We we're all raised like siblings. So I was a little sister, like, you're not about to tell me what to do. You're not the boss of me. (laughs) So I've always had a mouth, but when there was crowds that I did not know, I was quiet. Mm -hmm. And I get that from my dad. My dad is really, really quiet, super quiet. Like he's quieter than me. Um, And he's a a true introvert. Um, but then I get that fire side, you know, I'm this, da, 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 from my mom. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a mixture of my mom and my dad both. Um, so if I'm around people that I'm real comfortable with, then you're, you're really going to get the true clover. But if I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah. introverted. Very much What's introverted. your sun sign? My son. Your sun sign. I don't know, but I'm an Aries. You're Aries. That's your sun sign. Oh, that's my sun sign. But you know, everybody. I didn't even know you were Aries. It's like two part. Like, oh, your sun, moon, an and Aries. you're rising. There's See, I don't know the rest of that. I just know I'm an Aries. Yeah. I'm a true Aries. I didn't even realize you were an Aries because I'm a Leo. Really? So we're both fire signs. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Which explains yes, yes, why yes. we both had moments of clashing and then moments mm. where we love each other. It's per- It makes perfect sense to me. My husband's a Virgo and we have. We have gone through, we go through those moments of clashing. He's a fire sign. I'm a fire sign. So yeah. it makes sense. Perfect sense. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Before we move on to the next topic, are we going to see any more books from Cloverford? Ooh. So I love to write and I don't have anything like in mind for writing, but uh, well, as far as books. You're um, Yes. So I'm pretty sure on down the road, you probably will see something. But I enjoy writing. Um, 
And before we move on, I also want to say it makes perfect sense to me why God is choosing to utilize you to lead the voice of colorism or lead that Mm. mission because you do have that ironclad mindset in that. So you are the perfect, the ideal representative to influence people and encourage people and motivate and inspire because you have the sad stories. Most people let those stories break them. So you're able to teach them how to withstand and still live their full authentic true self and not hide and not Mm. play small um, to think that they need to do that to fit in or to be accepted. So it all just, it's all coming clear to me now. (laughs) I love that. I love that. And it's crazy because at my book signing, um, one of my friends from, uh, she's one of my friends from my hometown, one of the only friends that I have (laughs) from my hometown, but I don't consider her to be dark skinned, but I guess she considers herself to be dark skinned. She's brown skinned to me. But um, at my book signing, she said she's learning to love the skin that she's in. And I'm like, that's shocking because I never, I never knew that. I never felt that from her. Yeah. So so um, many of us, yeah, you would never know. Never know. We and, hide yeah, so many so. insecurities. Mm-hmm. So I want to jump into the big project, which is your beautiful web series, which is also now streaming. (laughs) Um, So Hopeless Romantic, I need all the deets. Like I need to understand like, yes, you as a married woman, what made you interested in having conversations about single people and their crazy dating lives? And like, how was this even birthed? I, I'm super interested to know. <laughs> so <laughs> I can imagine. Um, so it's crazy. So okay, I'm not a hopeless romantic. I have never been a hopeless romantic. <laughs> um, in my mind, it's always just been like, if it happens, it happens. I don't force anything, anything, absolutely nothing. So anyway, um, during the time that I was building out my chocolate, I did the short film, right? So that was accepted into the Charlotte Black Film Festival. And being a part of that film festival, I was compelled to continue writing, to continue creating, to continue um, producing, you know? So I I forgot about your short film. Yeah. I forgot all about that. Yeah. It's okay. But that is exactly what put me on the path to creating this web series. I was like, I want to do a web series. So I don't know how I came across Issa Rae's um, Awkward Black Girl, her first oh, web yes. series. Yes. And I was like, I can do this. <laughs> I can definitely do this. So um, during the process of creating my chocolate, God, when he gave it to me, he was like, I want you, right? But I was afraid to do it on my own. And I wanted a friend to join me. And that did not work out. And to this day, we are still not friends. And God basically told me, I had to show you. I said, I want you, not you and friends to do this. Girl, we have so much talking (laughs) to do after this, honey. Listen. Listen. So (laughs) I know that story so well. Yes. I was obedient, right? Kind of bring everybody with us. I can you cannot bring everybody. You with cannot. You. It's not for that them. That is still speaking to me. That is still every day, right? Like reminders. Yeah. Yes. yes, man. I can go down that rabbit hole, but I'm not. Yes, yes. <laughs> so getting back to hopeless romantic. So 
I was like, I told one of my friends, um, but she did join me on the Hopeless Romantic Project. And that's a perfect fit because we just vibe like that. But anyway, I told her, I said, I want to do a web series, but I don't know what I want it to be about. So that was like a year before we actually started writing. So over the year, I'm just like, I don't know what I can write about. I don't know what I want it to be about. I'm going through my phone and I have, you know, my friends are hopeless romantics, like they're true hopeless romantics. And I can't even tell you, and I'm sorry, I'm about to publicly say, whenever they're telling me about their relationships, I get annoyed. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to hear it again. <laughs> yes. Like the situations, like, I'm like, let it, just let it go, sis. Like, right. <laughs> We're out at restaurants and like, oh my God, he's fine. Like, why we can't just enjoy this this brunch, this dinner? Like, they're gonna come. Trust me, they're gonna come. Um That's and funny. then I'm on social media and I'm seeing all these posts from um, you know, females about how, you know, they're over this guy, but then the next week they're with the guy, they're so yes. in love. And I'm like, you know what? It's a whole bunch of hopeless romantics out here. And then it dawned. I'm like, perfect. Perfect. So that, that is what birthed the name of it. But then I grabbed some of my friends and we began writing. If you ever and need yeah. stories, I've got some for you. Come on, come on. <laughs> Season two was in the works. Come on. <laughs> That's, it's funny too, because that'll be a topic that like, you'll never not have content. <laughs> exactly. I mean, if you look at shows that are out there now, it is really, that's really what the context of the show is about all the time. It's about love. It's about a man chasing a female or a female chasing a, 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 one, a man. Yeah. But, right. Um, somebody you know, chasing somebody. Somebody chasing somebody. <laughs> it's all about hopeless romantic. So, yeah. So what is this, what has doing this project taught you about yourself? How have you grown or changed through the evolution of Hopeless Romantic? I would say it has taught me that I can do it, right? A lot of times we question whether or not we can do it. We have all of these ideas. Some of us have all of these ideas that we want to do. And we'll put it to the side like, you know, I can't do that. You know, it's too big or, you know, you're dreaming too big. It's not. You can do it. You can do it. And that is what it's taught me that I can do it. Like nothing's too big. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And, and (laughs) it has taught me that I can manage a company as well. Like I can run the show. There you go. I was the showrunner for Hopeless Romantic. So, um, Yes, you were. (laughs) Everything you see, I, it was all clover. Um, I had my friends, you know, they was pushing it, but the mastermind was all me. And that's one thing that I've always been afraid of. I know in corporate America, a lot of people have come to me like, you know, I think you should be a manager. I'm like, I don't want to manage people. I don't want to, I want to manage myself and go home. <laughs> right. <laughs> I came here to get paid, go home, do the work and go home. Yes. But with this project, it's taught me that I can, I can, I can do it. I'm You're capable. Back to that. I'm yeah. capable. Yeah. yeah. I love that. All right. So yeah. before we wrap up, I need to hear what's next. Is there anything you can share with us about what's coming, what you're working on? I believe there's a second season of Hopeless Romantic, which yeah. I didn't say it, but it is streaming on Tubi. It that's where I Tubi. that's where I binged it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yes, what's coming, what honey? It? Did you like it? 
I do like it. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's, you know, because I know you, so it's very much Tiffany's humor and realistic interactions. Like I could easily walk on set and be like, hey, y'all, and join right in because that's just like the energy that you bring. And I feel like that's the energy the cast brings of like, okay, you know, so yeah, I think it's so fun. And it's just... I don't know. I watch it and I'm like, oh, my baby girl. Even oh. though like we're not that far apart in age, but still right. it's like, I just, I love to see my people growing and thriving and like doing what they were sent here to do and yeah. doing what they love and enjoy because yeah. life is too short to not. And so it, it just, that's what really, it just get, fills me with a lot of pride for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. So what's um, coming? So what, what's coming? <laughs> so we have, <laughs> we do, we are working on season two um, of Hopeless Romantic. And let me rephrase that. We're not working on it yet, but we're writing. We're in the writing phase of Hopeless Romantic season two. Um, and we're campaigning for funds. So, hey, if you're out there, you're listening and you want to donate or a sponsor, we are taking donations and sponsorships. So www mychocolatefilms.com um and we will have all and, the links yes and um so you can probably expect to start seeing us filming towards the end of this year beginning of 2024 so that's what we're working on super exciting super exciting yes. and real quick i know so in 2019 i was in california and uh-huh. me and you and i were texting and um, you had mentioned a specific location that you were interested in moving to. I can't Over remember. Yes. yes. Are you, is that still a part of the is your thought process? Are you thinking eventually yes. transitioning to Cali because now you're you're in the biz and yeah. So that's still. Yeah. How's your husband feel about that? Is he totally like let's do it? Like excited or is he hesitant? Because <sighs> you've been here your whole life. Our whole life. And when I tell you he loves here, he loves here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I will tell you that he does love California too. Um, okay. And he recently has been open to saying, yes, I, I want to move there. But how are we going to afford it? You know? Girl, I'm trusting God that he's I was getting ready to say the how is not your job. That's not right. your there job. You the how there is you go. God's job. Our job yes. is just to hold the vision, honey. And you got yes. the vision. You yes. got it. Preach to me. To <laughs> me. <laughs> yes, I receive it. But yes, I that that has been. I'm just going to tell you this. I don't, I don't know how much time we have. Um, five minutes. So the first time that we went to California, um, I wanted to go to California. I don't know if I ever thought about living there, but I just always thought that it was so pretty on tv right yeah um the kids were 11 and 12 and my cousin sean lived out there so we went to go visit him and his wife and i was like oh it's nice out here oh cool so we're riding we're headed to i think um universal studios and as we're there i'm hearing like all of this old school music um and i want to (laughs) say Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg, Tupac. Um, yes. And there was some other old school, like R&B, like 70s music. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, I was like, I feel like I'm at home. Yeah. I feel like I'm at home. <laughs> yeah. And 
Doctor, I need to move here. So since then, that's been it's in the back just of my been, mind. yeah, you're manifesting it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, but it's gonna happen. I have no doubt. I have no doubt. Yeah, all good things coming. Two years. I'm excited to see how it all um, comes to fruition for you and just to watch you soar and to be and that you're doing what you love. Like, that's just such an important thing to me at this stage of my life is you have to have passion for something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Otherwise, all the crap we go through isn't worth it. It's unnecessary, right? (laughs) It's unnecessary. Yeah. And I think I told you that, like, I, I... I'm in a stage in my life right now, exactly what you just said. Like, if you're not fulfilling your passion, like, then what is it for? Like, you need to find out what that passion is. Like, yeah. what is it that you love to do? What is, what are you here for? And you need to fulfill that. And if you're not doing that, then you're wasting time. You're wasting yes. time. You yes. just need to figure it out. But a lot of people do come to me and they're like, you know, I don't, I don't know what I'm here for. I don't know what my passion is. I'm like, it's something that you love to do. Trust me. And yep. you need to hone in on that. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, it's I love so that. good chatting with you, TC. <laughs> I know. I really enjoyed having you. Thank you so much for giving me your time and for just sharing with us like your evolution and, and what you have going on. Somebody out there definitely is interested in doing some of the things that you're doing. And so you've inspired them and, excuse me, motivated them. And so um, that's what we're here for. That's what that's the point of the show is to give you a little bit of hope and sometimes some solutions some practical solutions and and just know that you're not ever going through anything alone. We've all had our fair share of the yucky stuff. So (laughs) there you go. Yes. So thank you again, Clover. I really, really appreciate you. I love you, girl. And I love you. Thank you. And to our listeners, I just want to remind you of how important you are and how needed and necessary you are and how much I love you. And I speak blessings into every area of your life. Thank you so much for joining me here at Faith Inspired Action, the podcast. Whether this is your first listen or you join me regularly, I am eternally grateful. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do me the honor of liking, subscribing, and leaving me a comment or review. I'm totally up for connecting online too, so please follow me on Instagram at Faith Inspired Action. Then go to my link tree to join my private Facebook group and check out my current offerings. I welcome your questions, feedback, and insights. Also, if you have something amazing to share with the world, I'd love to invite you on a future episode. Just direct message me a basic synopsis of your story and include your email. Until next time, I love your luminous soul and thanks for sharing your light with this community. Music written and produced by my brother, Gabe Taylor, at Lord Kingdom Productions. All rights reserved.